Welcome to episode 237 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about February 2023. The two stories I'm going to lead with should garner a short mention in a month in review episode. That is, if the country was led by someone who, number one, treated people with love and respect because we're all made in God's image, regardless of who we voted for or which political party we're affiliated with. And number two, if our president wasn't a foreign agent of the Chinese Communist Party, given he and his son's ties to the CCP and several business dealings that netted the Biden crime family hundreds of millions of dollars over many years. The first story is about East Palestine, Ohio. A Norfolk Southern train carrying toxic chemicals derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. Officials decided to initiate a controlled release of the chemicals to mitigate the risk of an explosion. That was followed by a fire that lasted several days, releasing a massive plume of toxic smoke into the sky that could be seen from miles away. People in the area, as you can imagine, got sick with numerous symptoms. Thousands of fish were turning up dead from the chemicals leaking into local creeks and rivers. People reported their animals and livestock being ill and dying. The incident threatened the health of millions living in the Ohio River Basin. In a nutshell, the town, and I'm sure many surrounding communities, is ruined. Not only are people suffering from health problems due to the toxic nature of the cargo, but their property values are now next to nothing. Their lives, their schooling, their jobs have all been uprooted and disrupted. Residents affected by the train derailment and subsequent chemical fallout could be subjected to a number of long-term health complications as the result of prolonged exposure to these toxic substances. Now, if you're waking up from a coma and hearing this for the first time, you might think, well, we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight the Russians. We printed $4 trillion during COVID to pay people to stay home. We spend billions on welfare every year. We have a federal agency that is there for stuff just like this incident, Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA. You might incorrectly assume that the federal government, given its ever-present involvement in everything in our lives, would swoop in and make things right for these people in this small town in Ohio and the surrounding area. And while your assumption would be correct, you did not take into account the callous and vindictive nature of the people who are currently running our federal government. See, Ohio voted for Trump in the last election. East Palestine is Trump country. Why is that relevant? Because the Biden administration chose to ignore the folks in East Palestine for weeks after the derailment. That was until President Trump announced he was going to visit the city. Biden was too busy visiting Ukraine trying to foster World War III, so he didn't have any time to go to Ohio. So instead, the Biden administration did the next best thing. They sent former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and current transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, a man who was so bad at his former job that he couldn't even fill potholes in his community, leading Domino's Pizza to run a marketing campaign, Pizza for Potholes, in his city. This is a man, by his own words, explained his qualifications for his current job was that he loved trains as a boy. Just to give you an idea of how seriously Buttigieg took this environmental catastrophe, just days after the derailment, this callous, tone-deaf dipshit figuratively gave the double middle finger to the people of Ohio when speaking at an event, just like I said, days after the accident. He opined there that there were too many white people in construction. That's the type of shit that was top of mind to him at this time of crisis. 
Keep in mind that he made no public remarks about this very serious transportation accident as the transportation secretary for almost two weeks until public and media pressure grew too much for him to continue to ignore it. Oh, and the icing on the cake is FEMA determined that the incident did not qualify them for assistance. The next story that shouldn't be a story was the traversing of the entire continental United States airspace by a Chinese spy balloon. Despite being aware of its departure from China some two weeks prior, given our surveillance, the Biden administration chose not to shoot it down while it traveled over the Pacific Ocean. Nope, they waited until it was off the coast of South Carolina. After it had completed its journey and collected whatever information it was sent to collect. I posted this on Facebook. The only thing you need to know about the Chinese balloon fiasco is it was a message from the CCP to the American people that the Chinese own enough of the American political class that it can slow float a balloon across the entire country while we watch and nothing will be done. And it starts at the top with the fully compromised resident of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, who, as I mentioned previously, received millions of dollars in quote-unquote investments in numerous Biden, Inc. influence-peddling enterprises, and it makes its way down the halls of Congress as well. We are so screwed. At the national level, integrity and morality have been replaced with self-interest at our expense. I have produced a number of episodes about Sleepy Joe. The two most relevant to this discussion are episodes 118, The Truth About the Biden Crime Family, and episode 184, The Truth About the Hunter Biden Laptop, if you're interested in a deep dive into that topic. James O'Keefe was removed from his position of CEO at the organization he founded, Project Veritas. The reason for his removal has not been clearly stated, there were a few accusations of him being too hard on his employees, but no hard evidence was ever provided. The real reason the board ousted O'Keefe is because Pfizer wanted him gone. You can call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but I think I'm in good company. Given the fact that every so-called conspiracy theory seems to be proven true 6 to 12 months after the accusation. See, O'Keefe and Project Veritas recently exposed a senior executive from Pfizer in charge of research and development talking about the possibility of deliberately mutating the virus in order to develop new vaccines in anticipation of the emergence of new variants. YouTube, of course, blocked the video from being viewed on its platform as the censorship of the truth about crimes against humanity committed by members of the United States federal government, Pfizer, Moderna, and other big pharma companies continues. Mark my words, one year from now, O'Keefe will have founded another organization that does the same undercover reporting. It'll do it even better than Project Veritas, if Veritas even exists one year from now. As I mentioned previously, resident Joe Biden made an unannounced visit to Ukraine where he met with President Vladimir Zelensky and continued his push to World War III. Biden gave a speech pledging more money and more arms and equipment worth some $500 million. I wonder how far $500 million could go for the people of East Palestine, Ohio. The former respectable nonpartisan Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum in, in D.C. is the latest American institution to fall prey to the mental illness known as liberalism. 
Students from Our Lady of the Rosary School in Greenville, South Carolina, were kicked out of the Smithsonian for wearing winter hats with the words pro-life inscribed on them. Similar intolerance was displayed at yet another taxpayer-funded unconstitutional institution when pro-life advocates visiting the National Archives Museum were reportedly ousted by archive staff because of their pro-life hats. What a tolerant bunch of assholes, huh? National Archives Museum officials signed a legal agreement to ensure that staff will never repeat that recent incident in which they told pro-lifers to remove their pro-life hats or leave the building. The officials also offered the plaintiffs in a lawsuit over the incident a tour of the National Archives Museum and a personal apology. The agreement does not settle the visitor's lawsuit in which they alleged that the institution violated their civil rights. So far, the month of February has given us a disaster in a red state that is ignored by the Biden administration because they didn't vote for him. A Chinese spy balloon that is allowed to float unmolested across the entire country because the resident is a foreign agent and likely being blackmailed by the Chinese. Two taxpayer-funded museums discriminate against people who think babies in the womb should not be murdered. Leading up to the next atrocious and frankly unbelievable story, prize-winning journalist Seymour Hirsch alleged U.S. Navy divers laid bombs that destroyed the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline under the Baltic Sea last September. This is the pipeline from Russia to Germany. So if the allegations are true, it's an act of war against both Germany and Russia. The people pulling the strings of our dementia-ridden resident are dangerous, evil, and are completely hell-bent on starting a war. Let's recap. Biden said out loud, if Russia invades Ukraine, the Nord Stream would be attacked. Russia invaded Ukraine, and the Nord Stream pipeline was attacked. Following the attack on the pipeline, Secretary of State, I drew a big fat salary from the Chinese for a no-show job at the Penn-Biden Center before becoming Secretary of State. Anthony Blinken said that the explosion was an, quote, opportunity. For what is still not clear. Then Republican Senator Marco Rubio accused the Russians of bombing their own pipeline while refusing to cite any intelligence briefings that he is privy to backing up his assertion. Where there's smoke, there's usually fire. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. But the talk about the Super Bowl isn't always about the game, as you well know, it's about the commercials. This year, hands down, the most impactful Super Bowl commercial was the He Gets Us campaign and the Jesus Love the People We Hate commercial. It comes at a time when the country and the world needs Jesus more than ever. And there it was, a well-produced, fast-paced commercial showing people at odds, people yelling at each other, streets on fire. After 25 seconds, the word Jesus Love the People We Hate appear on the screen. The debunking of so-called conspiracy theories has been fast and furious in, over the last few months, such as Hunter Biden. He admits that the infamous laptop belongs to him. I want you to think back to all the lies and gaslighting we have been subjected to over the last five years in regards to this laptop. It doesn't matter now because they got the outcome they wanted. Here's a short recap of recent debunking Previously claimed conspiracy theories, which, as we know now, always means you're speaking the truth. 
So we had the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. We knew that. We had the Russia election interference. Yeah, that was that was bullshit too. Russian bots. Nah, that was fake. Masks and lockdowns. We're going to stop the spread. No, that was a conspiracy theory that turned out to be false. Oh, and they also told us that COVID is spread on surfaces. No, that was, uh, I guess, a conspiracy theory. Uh, they told us that vaccine immunity is far greater than natural immunity. Nope, that uh, that was not true. Oh, they, they said that myocarditis is caused by the COVID virus, not the COVID so-called vaccine. They told us that boosters are beneficial. Nope, that was that was a conspiracy theory. Healthy people under 60, they need to take the jab. That was what they told us. I guess that was a conspiracy theory. And they, of course, told us that the so-called vaccine is safe and effective. That ended up being, a, I guess, a conspiracy theory as well. In February, we were treated with lamestream media sources acknowledging that the COVID virus did indeed escape from the Wuhan lab in China. Now, of course, this is something many of us have known for three years, but we were silenced and censored on social media for saying so. That wet market theory turns out that it was just another misdirection, misinformation lie, or as I like to call, conspiracy theory. Then we had a new paper debunking the claim that hurricanes are getting worse due to climate change. Oh my goodness, another conspiracy theory? It was published by Paul Homewood for the Global Warming Policy Foundation. The paper concludes that an upward trend in frequency or intensity when it comes to hurricanes, cyclones, and typhoons are likely explained by an increase in observational ability and are definitely not due to man-made climate change. Unfortunately, the alphabet soup conspiracy media did not cover that story, so our leftist friends can continue their march towards further mental illness as they worry and ponder about the coming apocalypse caused by man-made global warming from fossil fuel usage. The Biden administration negotiated a deal to give away American sovereignty to the corrupt World Health Organization, giving them authority over the United States' pandemic policies. That's, of course, dead in the water as the president does not have such power, but it demonstrates the comfort that the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, have with a totalitarian centralized solution to any problem. Net migration from California since 2020 stands at nearly 700,000 people, according to recently released census data. People are leaving California and other liberal bastions for a multitude of reasons, including high taxes, high crime, with little or no prosecution of criminals, gun ownership restrictions, the hyper-regulated business environment, and terrible schools that do not teach reading, writing, and arithmetic, instead teaches hate, Marxism, and gender identity. Just when you thought we were rid of the Bush arm of the Republican Party, Nikki Haley announced her 2024 presidential bid. This is a woman who gave the Republican response to one of Obama's State of the Union addresses and talked about all the, quote, angry voices in the Republican ranks. When asked if she was referring to Trump and his supporters, she answered affirmatively, Good luck, Nikki. During the month, President Biden told the American people that inflation is down. Meanwhile, word salad specialist who identifies as the vice president of the United States told us that energy prices were down. Both, of course, were easily disputed lies simply by looking at your grocery bill, the price of gas at the corner station, or looking at your electric or national gas bill. 
See, here's the dirty little secret about members of the doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party. They know that their voters are ill-informed and or ignorant of almost anything political. They also know that they have so demonized the Republicans that the average Democrat voter wouldn't pull the lever for a GOP candidate if someone held a gun to their head. So members of the doomsday cult can lie with impunity with no real repercussions other than ridicule and scorn from conservatives and Republicans who are considered subhuman by many members of the national Democratic leadership. Therefore, who the hell is going to listen to them? Back to Joe and Kamala lying about price inflation. Meanwhile, back in reality, the consumer price index rose half a percent month over month in January and was up 6.4% year over year. That's the 32nd straight month of rising CPI. Your cost of living outpaced your income gains for the 22nd straight month. Hmm, 22 months. I wonder what that might coincide with. The Heritage Foundation reported that the price of butter has increased 31%, gasoline 48%, natural gas 57%, and eggs 229% since January 2021. Again, I wonder what January 2021 coincides with. But Joe and Kamala say prices are falling, so hey, prices must be falling. Here's how I explain price inflation to my Facebook friends. I titled it, Price Inflation is Like Weight Gain. Let's say you weighed 130 pounds in January 2019. In January 2020, year-over-year inflation rate is 2.29%. Well, you now weigh 133 pounds. Fast forward another year to January 2021, year-over-year inflation is 1.36%. You no longer weigh 133, you now weigh 135 pounds. Then in January 2022, year-over-year inflation is 7.04%. You have now gained 14 pounds. You're at 144 now. And finally, fast-forwarding to most recent, January 2023, year-over-year inflation is 6.4%, meaning... You weigh 154 pounds. You started out weighing 130. Inflation ain't lower, and neither is your weight. According to an ABC News Washington Post poll, 41% of Americans say they are in tougher financial situations since Biden's inauguration in January 2021, while just 16% say they're better off. For the benefit of Joe, Kamala, and the rest of the folks at the White House, Democrat talking heads and the alphabet soup conspiracy media, all of whom have been telling us that we're not in a recession and inflation is going down, here's a collection of headlines I collected during the month that dispute your claims. Subprime auto loan delinquencies hit 13-year high. Household debt hits highest level since 2008 financial crisis. Vanguard reports record number of hardship withdrawals from 401ks. U.S. existing home sales unexpectedly declined in January, record 37% year-over-year collapse. Another recession sign, part-time work is growing faster than full-time work. Start of bankruptcy wave, large firm filings surge to 2010 levels. Auto crisis worsens as rate of severely delinquent loans hits 2009 levels. 57% of Americans cannot afford a $1,000 emergency expense. What would a month be without some COVID news? There was a story this month that stated that there's no evidence that masks are effective during a pandemic. That was the conclusion of a Cochrane Review analysis recently released and circulated even by legacy media outlets. 
Even liberal bastion Slate Magazine wrote, quote, Cochrane reviews are widely considered the gold standard of evidence-based medicine. And The Atlantic wrote, quote, The paper, a rigorous assessment of 78 studies, was published by Cochrane, an independent policy institution that has become well-known for its reviews. Many of us knew that masks don't work three years ago, but now that the right people are saying it, I guess we'll be allowed to say it on social media platforms and not be censored? I might have to give that a try. Continuing with the COVID theme, in one of the most evil, inhumane, dangerous, and callous moves I can imagine, I can remember, the unconstitutional federal agency known as the Center for Disease Control added the COVID-19 vaccine, so-called vaccine, to the child immunization schedule, which will be blindly adopted by many blue jurisdictions because liberals always believe the experts. They don't believe in a higher power or creator of the universe, but they sure as hell believe in some dumb, arrogant bureaucrat lackey financed by a big pharma who's willing to risk the lives of the next generation of Americans. Tell me again why states should not secede from the union. Give me one good reason when the federal government, which was created by the states, is literally advocating for your child to be injected with an often toxic, sometimes fatal, experimental mRNA so-called vaccine when your child's likelihood of dying from the disease is infinitesimal. In another bit of COVID news, you remember Damar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills player who almost died of cardiac arrest after making a routine tackle? Well, he's afraid to say the quiet part out loud. He was interviewed by Michael Strahan on Good Morning America and asked what his doctors told him about his heart condition. Damar said, quote, I'm going to quote it just like he spoke it. DeMar said, um, that's something I want to stay away from. That pause was legit. I actually counted it when I listened to him. He literally paused that long. He was that uncomfortable. If I had to guess, he will be filing a multi-million dollar lawsuit against the NFL for the forced vaccination, and his lawyers told him to keep his mouth shut during the interview. Finally, here are a collection of COVID-related headlines that I collected during the month that were ignored by the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media. Why are the EKGs of pilots no longer normal? It's time for the scientific community to admit we were wrong about COVID and it cost lives. Japan declares it will handle COVID-19 like the seasonal flu. UK government to end COVID booster shots for healthy people under 50. First lawsuit filed against FDA for withholding dreadful vaccine safety data. New paper, an estimated 13 million people worldwide killed by the COVID vaccine. Pfizer criminality exposed. Thailand's royal princess in coma after COVID Pfizer vaccine booster. Analysis confirms vitamin D lowers risk of ICU admission in COVID patients. Natural immunity better than COVID vaccination against Omicron. CDC study admits. Birth rates plunge in heavily vaccinated countries. New Zealand government data shows that the COVID vaccine makes you more likely to die than COVID, not less. Stunning new data pulled from the Medicare database shows how each shot increases your risk of death. And finally, recent evidence from three major healthcare systems suggests lack of COVID-19 boosters does not increase hospitalization. And we'll end the episode with a couple of geopolitical stories. One I've already kind of hit on, but I just want to nail it to the wall here. 
The Biden administration continues to do everything they can to start World War III with the proxy war with Russia and Ukraine. They've sent upwards of $200 billion overall to enforce the Ukraine border. Meanwhile, back in the U.S., our borders are wide open, and of course, as I mentioned, East Palestine gets zero federal funding. And finally, a devastating earthquake, I don't even think the word devastating does it justice, hit Turkey and Syria with the death toll exceeding 50,000 people. Can you imagine that? That is a medium-sized city worth of dead people. The videos of it are unbelievable. One video shared on Twitter shows innumerable buildings turned to rubble. There was some incredible drone footage showing a few tall buildings still standing, but everything else looked like it was bombed out like World War II. Another video, or actually multiple videos, showed buildings after the earthquake just crumbling and people running for their lives. The United States pledged $185 billion to Turkey for earthquake relief. Again, for a little perspective here, $200 billion to Ukraine to fight Russians, $185 billion to Turkey, zero to enforce the U.S. border, and zero to the people of Ohio. Priorities. It's all about priorities. And that's the truth about February 2023. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and share the episodes with your like-minded friends or, better yet, share them with people who... Share them with people who you know might not agree with my perspective. Maybe it'll get them thinking that there might be another side to the story.